0: Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed at this whole having a Star Trek podcast situation. I'm Ben
1: Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica. How you doing today, Adam? Ben, I'm a little uh, irked, I guess you could say.
0: Irked, really?
1: Yeah. You remember that whole Jaeger bubble that I was setting up?
0: Yeah. We haven't really talked about it on the show, though.
1: So what I did a couple weeks ago, completely without uh, asking you if it was a good idea or asking any (laughs) financial advisor if this is possible, was that I, I created an artificial Jaeger bubble, which involved me buying every signed Biff Jaeger card I could find on the internet. And yeah. I don't know if I've ever showed you this, Ben. But because oh, you've we're showed on, me. because we're on camera, here is my stack of Jaegers. Yeah. Which is a good fist size of Jaegers. Yeah. yeah and
0: You sent, uh, sent me a, uh, a cell phone picture of it with your camera phone.
1: So, satisfied that I now owned all the Jaegers that could be that could be purchased, mm-hmm. I set out to sell one of the Jaegers yeah. for exactly $999.99. <laughs> you don't need the penny. And uh, wouldn't you know it, some of our viewers noticed. Yeah. Some of our that viewers th- who had already purchased Jaegers of their own. Right. One of them listed their Jaeger for for a dollar less than mine. And guess what, Ben? What?: He has said that someone has bought his Jaeger for that price.
0: Oh, that that uh, that burns my toast Adam. Yeah, Th- that that boils my tea, Earl Grey hot.:
1: I did it so I could make a thousand dollars, not <laughs> one of our viewers. <laughs> now, to be clear, I'm very happy that my Jaeger bubble has uh, has benefited one of our viewers.: That's yeah, I but think it, like, I think it's very cool. But, But, like,
0: we need to get our beaks wet
1: on that, right? I know, know, right? Like, I mean, I hate to say it, but I feel like we should be taxing these Jaegers, right? Yeah. Are these not taxable Jaegers based on the strength of the bubble that I myself created? We're sort of like the, uh, the National
0: Jaeger Authority, and any top dollar Jaeger sales... In order to be sanctioned, should probably should probably go through us, and we should take a percentage.
1: I also feel like whoever sold this Jaeger, this other Jaeger,
0: do you think that the, is it? Did they definitely sell it, or is it just are are they like passing off a screenshot that makes it look as though it's been sold?
1: Well, I can't be sure that I'm not being fucked with, if that's what you're asking.
0: Yeah, so like that's the other thing is like if you made it look like. Somebody bought the Jaeger that Adam put up there for a thousand dollars, or if you did in fact sell one for almost a thousand dollars, that destroys our ability to make money off of our own comedy show right it 's kind of yeah. a dick move
1: it kind of is in-
0: unless unless you're forwarding a percentage of the proceeds, which helps us produce this show that you stole an idea from. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I can sense your anger, Ben. Yeah. Uh, your anger growing much like well, my own. Our yeah, intention I mean, was to give these valuable prizes away at our live shows. It mainly it mainly burns my toast because
0: I did the I did the math on our live shows and like by the time all of the expenses we incurred in doing it were added in, it was like not even a break even proposition it was like it was like thinnest of break evens, if not a little bit of a loss, and that's
1: like a whole you know we spent a lot of time doing that. break even would feel like a big win to me at this point, yeah, and i I hope because we're recording this deep into the future right uh, that we have, but
0: maybe this person has already atoned for their sin,
1: I don't know, but uh. It's disappointing on a number of levels, Ben. Yeah. Ugh. One thing that didn't disappoint me at all was this episode, today's episode, which I really yeah. enjoyed. It's season four, episode 14 Clues. It begins with Picard sort of taking and camping right like he he just sort of gets on the captain's log and he's like look we gotta have i've done a benevolent captain thing here and i've given the crew uh some free time to do the things that they love to do so yeah we do sort of a tour around the ship we see uh we see beverly making some cotton candy in in <laughs> Six bay uh we see other people doing whatever it is they're doing and then we go finally yeah. Worf to the is holodeck. teaching a
0: tai chi class
1: oh yeah that's right klingon tai chi which is super fun <laughs> yeah and we yeah. see uh we see gynan walking into the holodeck in dixon hill appropriate garb looking right. for the captain
0: yeah she goes in there and the uh the dixon hill receptionist lady is there uh Really resisting the Who idea. He still that.
1: probably has more lines than Kalamini at this point, right? <laughs> like more, more total lines of dialogue.
0: Yeah, I love the idea that they were like two years later. We're like, hey, uh, uh, my agent just called. He said that they're bringing me back to play extremely stereotypical receptionist <laughs> character on that space show. <laughs> So,
1: I got another gig. Pretty cool. I had just quit smoking cigarettes, too. So, <laughs> 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 Yeah. kind of conflicted.
0: I need, to, I need to ask my boss at Denny's if I can take a couple of days off for the shooting schedule.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, Columns just taking a lot of naps on his star wagon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. The deal is, like, she doesn't want to let Guinan into, into the office, but Guinan barges in and and picard as dixon hill is being held up by a uh like a gangster with a gun and the gangster is saying like oh you stole money from me and they're like doing real bad gangster accents and the guy goes over by the window gets uh filled up with machine gun bullets from like a drive-by shooting onto a second or third floor office i guess uh and uh
1: kind of a great shot if that's the case
0: yeah yeah um yeah, the the like guy guy with the Tommy gun in the uh, passenger side of the <laughs> Stutz Bearcat below is like, oh, there's a guy with a fedora. That's got to be Hill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting for a shadow to cross the window.
0: Yeah, and uh, Guinan is like, wait, so what do we do? And Picard is like, it's a mystery. Like this guy thought we stole his money, and now we got to figure out like who he was, why he thought that who who was that shot him it's this is fun and she's like this is fun
1: (laughs) that's why i called it camping because this is a conversation i have both participated in and heard many times over like when one person tries to convince the other person that their form of (laughs) recreation is fun in the way that camping is guidance like i do this all the time in the bar (laughs) like i'm listening to people's conversations there i'm trying to help them come up with solutions to their problems Based on the clues they give me, like I'm yeah. I'm in this holodeck and I'm and I'm wearing garters, like this is not fun for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, it kind of made me wonder how much fun Gynen has at all. Like the yeah. way she's asking about fun almost sounds like Data asking about emotions.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and I don't, I can't think of like a time where she's been like enjoying herself. Like I can think of times when Riker and Troy and the doctor, like I can think of them all having like fun. I can even think of O'Brien doing something that would like theoretically be fun if he didn't break his arm while he was doing it.
1: In a weird way, like she does not participate in in like you say either the recreational activities that the crew does. Yeah, but also she does not participate in group activities that I can remember. Like, yeah. she only has one-offs with people for the most part. Can I? Can you recall a time where she's like been in a McLaughlin group? Even like, I think she was during during their was contact a, with the Borg. But like, yeah. but was she, she ever in a card game? But like, she didn't go to the wedding in Ten Forward. Yeah, like, that would have been a like. It happens at her workplace. You'd think she'd be involved at some level. I don't <laughs> she think she off. plays cards either, and I bet she. Be she was off in the
0: it. bean flicking office on, yeah. during that wedding.
1: Yeah, it feels too much like work for her. Yeah, that's a great question.
0: Some questions raised about Guy, but um, they get a phone call. <laughs> it's Data on the other end, and he's like, "I did not want to break the continuity of your play acting by uh, calling you up on the communicator, so I'm calling you on this phone in the holodeck. <laughs> uh, something's up."
1: He could have gone like with the 1920s uh vaudeville voice there too. Like yeah. if he really wanted to go for it, he kind of missed an opportunity to uh have some fun with it. Yeah. You see, we we got some weird gasses out there, Captain. <laughs> we
0: got some weird gasses, and I'm not talking about what's coming out of your wife's keister.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: One thing, yeah, with data's ability to mimic accents, he can mimic accents, but he can't do contractions.
1: Yeah, that, that'd that be difficult. Fuck?
0: He can roll an R, but he can't say N apostrophe T.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know, man. This it, show is really starting to fall apart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a real barrier to his comedy. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, they, uh, they get up to the bridge, and these uh, gaseous anomalies they've been scanning or whatever, uh, they've turned up a class M planet and regulations are that if they discover a planet that might have life they got to go try and make uh, make contact or at least see what's up and they have um, that obligation so they uh, so they head in and things are starting to look real strange and the view screen fills with a big space butthole and it's uh, it's it's one of the kinds that knocks everybody out. And uh, data like turns around and and uh, looks at the bridge, and everybody's like slumped over their uh, their controls or or sleeping on the floor. And, they composed
1: uh, that scene really well because you don't see them slump and fall over in a way yeah. that that might read as ham and cheese. Like right. what you are is that you have your single shot on data, and then you pull out wide, and it reveals the rest of the bridge crew having already passed out. I thought that was very effective. And not mm-hmm. cheesy.
0: Yeah, I wonder if they shot both things, and that was a choice in editing. Like, oh, this kind of works better if we don't see them all go down.
1: Yeah, because because that never looks good. Like, and, yeah. and you've seen it a bunch on this show. Like when someone drops a banger on the ship. Yeah, or or if
0: people are always fainting.
1: Yeah, it just doesn't look quite very Victorian. Right. <laughs> you get you get uh you get Data's wig guy out there to take a fall. I mean, <laughs> I think they learned from those early season episodes that it doesn't look great. Why not just take it out of consideration altogether? Mm.
0: So they come back from the uh, title sequence and Data is helping Picard get up and they all kind of like dust themselves off and they're like, well... What the hell just happened? And Data's like we were all, well, you were all asleep for thirty seconds and I brought you back, but we went through a wormhole and uh we're like a day's travel from where we started. It's pretty crazy. And they're like, Wow, we should go back and see what happened and he's like, Well, that's not a great idea <laughs> And uh Yeah, we
1: don't want that to happen again, right guys?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean his argument is like fairly sound that could, yeah. be, uh, could, could be hazardous to their navigation if they go back to where they just all got knocked out and spat out a day away from where they were.
1: He's like, look, uh, look at what's much more expendable at this point is just shooting a probe out there. So let's do yeah. that.
0: Yeah, so they do it. And um, they get back that it's like a gas giant and not an M-class planet like they thought. And they're like, that's, that's weird. And uh, they're sort of, like, all being asked to just go about their day like they didn't all, you know, all pass out at once. And, uh, you know, Data seems to be doing a lot of headcanon about what went down. And uh, and they start to, like, get a little suspicious of what's going on. And the, the first person that really is, like, pushing the theory that they were asleep for much longer. Is the doctor? She discovers that her her uh, cotton candy grew quite a bit more than cotton candy is supposed to grow in the amount of time they're being told. She's got like twenty four hours of cotton candy growth.
1: Yeah, she and, sort of has a good supply of cotton candy here.
0: Yeah, she puts it in like one of those those like things that artsy people take muff uh, take uh, cupcakes in uh, yeah. to parties. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, uh,
1: yeah, she puts it on Picard's table, and Picard's like, God, it looks delicious. <laughs> yeah, and it's let me, presented so tastefully. Let me eat on one of these. What's up? Would this go good with Earl Grey? <laughs> Beverly's doing that thing where she's like, you remember a couple episodes ago when I told you that something was wrong with the universe? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm back at it again.
0: <laughs> back at it again with the white fans. <laughs> uh, yeah, and... Maybe a little bit of a reversal on everybody reflexively placing 100 percent faith in what the doctor is saying. Yeah. although in this context, I guess data is there to say something the opposite, so maybe they're more just withholding judgment until they have a better explanation. But: uh,
1: This they, is uh, a great bit of story structure, though, like that that uses our knowledge of the crew and their strengths. Mm-hmm uh to help tell it like of course if there's a mystery involved and you have pieces of evidence here and pieces of evidence here you're going to corroborate that with data like hey data uh beverly's talking about her weird cotton candy needing you know a day to grow this amount what do you think about that and data's form of of being a a second interview of its form of corroboration Takes the form of, uh, while it is possible that blank, I would argue <laughs> that it's blank, right. and it's like, it's a really amusing form of half lying. Like when yeah. whenever you're caught doing something that you shouldn't be doing, like it's, it's really, it's insidious. Like mm-hmm. like Ben, is that lipstick on your collar? <laughs> well, while it is possible that could be someone's lipstick on my collar. Isn't it also possible that I fell into a lipstick display at the mall? <laughs> like it's that sort of stuff. Like it's it's deflective yeah. uh, dishonesty in right. and it really plays towards what we know about data. Like data doesn't lie, but he can sort of erect uh, he's he's like uh, he's like jingling his keys yeah. at the rest of the crew trying to distract them from from <laughs> from the path that they're on.
0: Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. Um, so they they have this McLaughlin group issue one where they're kind of hearing the doctor and Data out on these issues, and Picard is uh he like he stops the doctor from like really like losing her shit at Data by holding <laughs> up a hand and then says, you know, Data, uh, the uh, the uh, transformers on deck twelve need realignment. Why don't you head down there and help Ensign Carlos out with that? Uh, he's waiting for you. And Data's like, all right, bye. <laughs> it's like, man, like you can, you can be as transparent as you want when you're sending Data out of the room.
1: Picard basically throws a tennis ball out of the conference room <laughs> and Data goes chasing after it and the door shuts behind him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you just hear him whimpering on the other side.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I wish we had some some clean audio of my dog whining that we could drop in there, but he always seems to whine when I'm talking. So you yeah. can't edit it out.
1: Yeah. I know. Fucking the frustrating.
0: So yeah, they're like, it seems like data is trying to feed us a line. Doesn't it? seems like is not being totally forthright. And that is really strange, really uncharacteristic. So they, uh, they decided to like look into it a little bit more and the two things they want to look at are, can they prove biologically that they've spent more time than data is saying? And can they prove with the ship's clock that they've spent more time than, th- than they're saying? And so Geordi uh, is on the clock and the doctor is on the biology. She gets Ensign no lines to come down from a uh, transporter room and she does some scans and she's like, yeah, like this, like her cell decay rate or whatever would indicate that she's she was out for 24 hours, not 30 seconds. And Jordy's like, like, guys, this shit with the clock is even freakier because the clock has definitely been tampered with, but the only two people on board the ship that would even know how to do what happened are me and Data.
1: And I sure as shit didn't do it. I mean, whenever Daylight Savings comes around, like, I... <laughs> I, I leave the clock wrong for, like, a period of days. <laughs> yeah. You got to do that thing. When you reset the computer clock, you got to, like, hold two buttons at once for, like, three seconds until yeah. the clock starts starts uh, flashing. Yeah, a and then production.
0: it's just hours and hours of pressing the up because it goes by minute. You, there's no way to put the hour up one. You, you have uh, to do it. It's such a nightmare. That, yeah, press that button 60 times. Give me a break. <laughs>
1: That's why all the clocks in engineering just flash twelve, like an old person's <laughs> VCR. It is
0: a so this is pretty terrifying, right? Picard has data into the uh, into the ready room and is like, "I think that there's either something wrong with you or something wrong with the universe." But uh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Geordi like take you apart and see if see if we can figure out what's wrong.
1: It's and, like uh, real betrayal vibes here because yeah. like everyone on the crew has basically effectively been roofied and everyone knows the data has something to do with it. Only he's not saying anything.
0: Yeah. It is This is an episode that is really interesting in terms of the lack of music. Like there's almost no score in yeah. in large swaths of this and I feel like if they'd played some little creepy you know some creepy little music in some of these scenes it would have been horrifying because like the guy the strongest guy the fastest guy on the ship is deceiving them for some unknown reason and like they're all starting to like really realize how fucked they are in the in the face of that and it it is terrifying like they're all playing it for how terrified they are of what's going on with data and i i i, I felt it it was kind of surprising that they didn't try to make it a more tense episode by just dropping a little music bed in
1: I prefer when the show is a little more subtle, especially with their music cues but yeah um, i I had not noticed the lack of score in this episode the way you did, and so I think it speaks to how effective it was for me and how notable it was for you in an interesting way.
0: Interesting. So they uh, they get Data's head taken apart, and they're like, scanning, looks great. Uh, and so they're like, there's still just, you know, a lot of head scratching going on. And then Worf winds up in Six Bay, and he's like, hey, listen, my wrist really is killing me.
1: A warrior does not complain about physical discomfort. But the captain ordered us to report anything out of the ordinary.
0: And the doctor scans it, and she discovers that his wrist has been broken. And and so now they're thinking maybe they were awake during the 24 hours because the only way Worf's wrist got broken was if somebody else was on board the ship or if Data did it. And it's, it's not like Data's going to break his wrist while he's asleep. So... Yeah, the
1: only person who ever does that is Riker.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he's... <laughs> He makes sure to get prior consent. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Riker doesn't. Riker doesn't fuck around.
1: I know that, but I'm. I was talking about in a purely masturbatory sense, Ben.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: What Riker does in his sleep, I think, would terrify most people to even consider. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah, so they, they're like, all right, well, th- the answers to this are going to be back where we where we come from. We're going back to that planet. So they head back there, and Data keeps going like, let's not head back there. I think it's a terrible idea. And they're like, why? Tell us why. Tell us what is going on. And and Data's like, I can't. I won't. And Picard is like, you know, if you're lying to me, like you're going to be court-martialed. I realize that, sir you also realize that you would most likely be stripped down to your wires to find out what the hell has gone wrong yes sir i do i'm pursuing this the way i'm supposed to and and so picard is, like at this point like you know data's inability to like say an outright lie has led picard to get enough information to realize that data is operating with a set of orders that picard is unaware of and so when they get to this planet this big Cloud of green crap comes out of it and uh and data's like, Let's go, let's get out of here. This is a bad place for us to be and uh and Troy gets like taken over. Right.
1: Yeah, this green gas goes into her face. Yeah. And then oh, she gets yeah, a real yeah, they deep like,
0: voice. They like shoot it at them, right? And they're like, It's moving too slow to be a photon torpedo and they're like, Well, it's gonna hit us. <laughs> Should we do anything? Um, yeah. yeah. It's like getting Austin Powers, right? Yeah. Get out of the way.
1: <laughs> we know there's like literally thousands of of uh, of evasive maneuver codes that the ship has <laughs> and that people yeah. know about, but they just like like this thing throws a banana cream pie at them and they just <laughs> stand there and take it. <laughs>
0: Troy starts going around the ship and she's got like super deep evil Troy voice going and she's She's
1: got Dr. Girlfriend voice. (laughs) What's that? From uh, the Venture Brothers. Do you not watch that show? Have you not watched that show? Sorry. Oh oh man. I feel like we're just on different pages with our uh, with our pop culture references lately Ben. I don't know what it means.
0: Maybe uh maybe we need to think about packing it in.
1: Uh, let's not do that. We're almost halfway there.
0: Yeah, we're really close to halfway, aren't we? Yeah. So yeah, she uh, she's like, this this evil plan is not working. <laughs> <laughs> and Data's like, no, like we could, we can make this work. Let's let's talk it out with the captain. And so they go back to the bridge, and Data does a little exegesis on like the like what the answer to the mystery is it's like it's sort of like holmes monologuing at the end of a of a mystery where he explains he he does exposition on everything that has been a question and like you know the deal is they got passed out by these uh these aliens in the green cloud i think they're called the paxans and uh the Paxens are xenophobes. They don't want anybody to know that they live in this planet. They don't want anybody to know that they exist. And so their, their, their deal is that anybody that comes close, they just use this advanced technology to knock them out. And they send them far away, and everybody just assumes it's a wormhole. It's like, a, it's like the CIA assassinating somebody but making it look like it was a heart attack so that there's no retribution. Right. And, uh, and so like, this has worked for a long time, but they've never come across an Android before and data was immune to their, their knockout gas. And, uh, and so like they cut a deal because data managed to wake them up before they were able to complete their plan. And, uh, they cut a deal where like, okay, why don't you guys wipe our memories and we'll just have Data lie about this ever having happened. And he's like a totally trustworthy guy. You guys into that? <laughs> and so it turns out Data's been lying this whole time because he's so fucking trustworthy.
1: Yeah. I lied to protect you. <laughs> See, that's not bad. Yeah. That's actually but,
0: good. It's good. Uh, so, yeah, they uh, they convince the Paxens Ends that they deserve a second chance, like... The problem was not the plan's premise, it was its execution. Like they left too many little clues around the ship and if they can it's sort of like when the when the when the the, the uh it's sort of like when the Romulans abducted Riker and he told them about how how many flaws their plan had. It wasn't that it was a bad plan, it just wasn't executed properly.
1: Right. Yeah, and uh Riker does not chime in here at all <laughs> with that. Like he'd be his experience would actually be pretty useful at this moment. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, uh, so, so they... Picard's
1: card's like, give us another chance. <laughs> Come on. All we have to do is remove all the clues, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, for whatever reason, the Paxan is like, you guys seem worthy of a second chance.
0: Yeah. You're, 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 I like you guys. <laughs> like I hate all guys, but I like you guys. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, they give them a second chance and they, uh, the end of the app is them all waking up and, and kind of going through the same, the same beats that they went through on the last one, but it's like slightly different data is slightly less shifty and suspicious and they're like, all right, well, we'll just shoot a uh, probe back at the, at the planet and get on our way. And, uh, I guess we have to assume that it worked.
1: Yeah, I mean, the button on the episode is a slow push into data. He launches the probe. He does that uh that satisfied head tilt. <laughs> and we're out. Everything's it is, fine.
0: It is really fun to think about there being an episode that none of the characters but one has any memory of. Yeah. Isn't there? Yeah. I love that.
1: It's sort of like when you read the IMDb of a show and you see which characters were in every episode. Yeah. And then you see one of the main cast members isn't in one for some reason. Yeah. It's kind of screwy. That is really To keep weird. score that way. <laughs> <laughs> ben, we know Gynen exists out of time. She said it. Yeah. But uh, the only scene that Gynen is in is at the very beginning. The Gynen goes camping on the holodeck scene. Like right. it seems like she would be a great person to talk to when they're they're chasing down this mystery, but they totally forget about her. Yeah, it's real. Uh, it's real strange. What do you think happens when Guinan falls down with that big hat? Like, <laughs> it could probably break her neck. It's really dangerous.
0: Or, or what if it's like what if it's like a protective ring that like <laughs> provides like a, a flexible bounce to 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 her head, you know?
1: It's like those big inflatable balls that, that people play with on sports fields. Like like they, they get inside the ball and then they run around and bounce into oh, each yeah, other. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that. Um,
0: yeah, you gotta be, you gotta hope that when Guinan passes out, she isn't like cleaning her nubby ass alien assault rifle.
1: <laughs> I think it's, it's a convenient omission of her character that I think you have to do whenever you have a deuce ex machina character around, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you can if she was always around every tension in every episode could be, <laughs> could be corrected in a moment. So yeah, I get it, but, but it's, but you don't need the beginning. You don't need the cold open at all because, uh, all it does is tease her existence and make, make, uh, make her absence more felt later on. Mm hmm.
0: Totally. Well, did you like this episode?
1: Yeah, I really did. Yeah, a it's lot. so good, right? Yeah, it's really great. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's not without its problems, and I don't know if we've come across one that was flawlessly executed, but it's so fun.
1: Yeah, I really dug I... it. It and it really like again it it brought up the whole trust issue with data, which is a fun, fun piece of canon to explore.
0: Yeah. This is a couple episodes in a row where Worf really gets caught with his pants down security-wise, right? Like, yeah. the last episode, his his captain was abducted off the ship, and he's like, wait, what? You're not on the ship?
1: <laughs> yeah, and in this episode, uh, Troy walks onto the bridge as as someone who's been taken over by the Paxons, and he dives over the horseshoe, is ready to to, like, bring her down, and Troy just does, like, Grabs him by the wrist and flips him over. Yeah. And uh, not a bad, not a good look for Worf at that exact moment.
0: No. I was talking to uh, our friend Sarus Faravar the other day. Yeah. He was in Brooklyn. And um, he, uh, he was telling me about, like, wh- like, the first time somebody told him about Star Trek, like, when he was a kid. And uh, they were telling him about how they're, like, on a spaceship and they spend most of their time on the bridge and he's picturing like an actual bridge over like a body of water. And, uh, that sounds nice. It, it it jogged loose, a a memory from my childhood that I thought what they meant when they said bridge was the wooden horseshoe thing. I thought that that's, I thought that's what the bridge was. (laughs) When I was a kid, That's like, I, I would say probably like the first three years I watched the show, I was under that impression until like, you know, I asked my dad or something and somebody cleared it up for me. But, uh, but yeah, it, uh, uh, there's there's just so much about this show that I look back and I am embarrassed about myself. <laughs> That's fun. Adam, I believe we have a priority one message. Maybe we do, maybe we don't, but I say we go check out the communications relay.
1: We gotta turn our priority one keys at the same time. Are you ready? Mm hmm. Three, two, one, turn! Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income.
0: Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra.
1: But the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship.
0: Adam, we have one priority one message on uh, on the board here today, and it is from Sean Cratchen to Joanna McCarvel. And here's the message. Hope this is a big surprise for you. Happy anniversary. <laughs> That's really fun.
1: Big surprise. Yeah. Uh...
0: That is like, I, that might take the cake as the shortest the shortest one we've got. Short and sweet. Do we want to put a
1: little bit of our own stank on it, Adam? I imagine that, uh, that Joanna has been dealing with surprising shit from Sean for quite a while. <laughs> this being maybe the most surprising moment of their relationship.
0: I wish you a happy anniversary. I wish you all happy anniversaries everywhere.
1: <laughs> Tomorrow being Thanksgiving, the most difficult holiday for me, to control my impulses, I eat all the scalloped potatoes.
0: It really plays into the two main things about me. (laughs) One, love of family, and two, genocide. (laughs) It's, It's incredibly difficult to control my impulses on this day of days.
1: For many years... Me and Rashaun would sit down to a meal of Hoosnock. <laughs> Did
0: I ever mention that I <laughs> consume the bodies of my enemies?
1: <laughs> Rashaun uh, prefers the white meat of the Hoosnock. I, of course, uh, grab Hoosnock leg. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the Hoosnock Pope's nose is the best part of the
1: beard. <laughs> I hope that was surprising enough for you, (laughs) (laughs) as it surprised me with how dark that got almost immediately. Yeah. Uh, Happy
0: anniversary, guys. Uh, Thanks for listening to the show. Yeah. If you'd like to leave a Priority One message on this podcast, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. It's a hundred bucks for a personal message and two hundred for a commercial message. And it's
1: a big help. Yeah, we're doing birthdays and anniversaries. Yeah,
0: it's the occasional commercial message. Yeah. Let's get yeah. some commercial messages going. We get twice as much money out of those. Let's do it. Damok, Angela, and Tanaga.
1: A good time so often has a downside, doesn't it? Especially when it comes to stuff that you put in your birdie. We've all been hungover before. I mean, many of us have, I guess. Or we've had too much jazz in our gummy. And that sucks, right? Because you don't think about the time after the good time that you've been trying to have a good time. That's why I like Labs so much. It's the predictability. Through painstaking trial and error, I have found my perfect dose. It's what I can depend on when I can use a little more chill, a little help getting into a creative headspace, And I don't need to have too much fun doing whatever it is I need to be doing. And I'm so glad that Microdose is available nationwide. That means just about anyone can try it. To learn more about Microdosing THC, go to Microdose.com and use the code SCARVES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's Microdose.com and the code is SCARVES. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name and not a giant social media company's name with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm and the best part is you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24 by 7 customer support don't settle for being another company's product be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace Go to Squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES. To save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, that's Squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it. With Squarespace.
0: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
1: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
0: <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one.
1: Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks.
0: Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your
1: podcast app.
0: And at MaximumFun.org.
1: Hey Ben, did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda this episode? Incredible Drunk,
0: drunk Shimoda. Shimoda! I did, Adam. Uh, my drunk Shimoda is Worf, uh, and we actually were just talking about this. His uh, his jump over the horseshoe. Uh, I feel like in an episode where Worf's uh role as a security officer has been sort of cheapened by the by the uh th- like what's at play between Captain and Picard mm-hmm. and Data. Like he basically had one thing to do, which was to keep. <laughs> A, a uh, a Troy with her mind taken over away from uh, other members of the bridge crew, and he chooses to do that by like he's like within six inches of her with his dustbuster before she grabs him and just tosses him across the room, and it's like, dude, you could have just stayed where you were standing, drawn your phaser, and stunned her. Like you don't need to get any closer. Like is your aim that bad? Because if it is, we've got a problem, Worf. <laughs>
1: Oh, and Buffalo Troy voice is so creepy. <laughs> nice try, wharf.
0: <laughs> it it puts the phaser on the floor, or, or else it gets its wrist broken again. You're big, does this?
1: You're a big fat Klingon, aren't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, not How feeling not <laughs> feeling great about the security on board the Enterprise. Yeah.
0: Uh, how about yourself? Did you have a uh, a Shimoda of the drunk variety?
1: I did, and it's tangentially related to the security thing you bring up. Um, when they, a little bit after, they bring Data into the McLaughlin group and then dismiss him, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say a couple of scenes later, Picard brings him into the ready room and is full-on accusatory with him about the lie. Yeah. And... There is a random security person there in the ready room that, because we didn't see the beginning, we can assume escorted him in. Mm-hmm. And when Data is dismissed, Picard's like, uh, "Picard's like, get the hell out of here, go back to engineering." Uh, random security person escort Data there, and Data's like, "I know the way, like <laughs> I can find it myself." Security person goes with him anyway because that's what, that's what a security person does. But. Yeah. What is a security person supposed to do with a possibly weaponized Data at that moment? <laughs> she's like the goat that was fed to the Tyrannosaurus in Jurassic Park. <laughs> like, she's going to get in a turbo lift with him. They're going to get to engineering, and it's going to be like the elevator in The Shining. It's going to open up, and <laughs> and the security person is going to wash out. Yeah. And Data is going to emerge unscathed. Like, yeah. They have no answer for the data problem still. Yeah. And so my Shimoda might be the security person herself, but it might just be the ongoing problem, the idea (laughs) that there is no security that that can save them from data.
0: That's a good one, Adam.
1: Hey, Ben, what are we watching for the next episode?
0: Uh, The next episode is Season 4, Ep 15, First Contact, critically wounded during a first contact mission, Riker is mistaken for a hostile alien. Remember this episode, Adam?
1: Well, Riker is hostile, but maybe not in the way that they think. <laughs>
0: uh, do do you have any recollection of this?
1: I don't have any recollection of this. I'm happy to be getting a Riker episode. I feel like he's taken the last few off as a character. He's yeah, just he's sort of a, a potted bit. plant lately.
0: Yeah. He was like, uh, i got to get some of that Marina Sirtis action. I don't want to do any heavy lifting after Future Imperfect for a I little know. while.
1: He and, uh, and Colum Meany are in the trailer just drinking, <laughs> drinking and hanging out on their yeah. shoot days. Ben, this is also the halfway point of our series. Did you know that?
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. First Contact is the exact halfway point in the Star Trek The Next Generation television series.
0: Interesting. Which makes it, is, it
1: also the halfway point for us.
0: Yeah. Interesting that it is the name of the uh of the great Star Trek The Next Generation film as well.
1: It's true. How do you feel, man? Almost a halfway. Feels like it's gone fast.
0: Yeah. I mean it's all downhill from here. Yeah. We uh we have a lot less turkeyage in the uh in the uh, front in the front window than we do in the rear view mirror. Uh so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But, Plenty uh, of
1: caviar, too.
0: And we have uh, we still have some vetoes left. I mean, not this season, but the next couple. Yeah. Um, so let's, that's exciting.
1: Let's use them this time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you have enjoyed the first half of The Greatest Generation and would like to see a second half, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Uh, support our show on a monthly basis. It really... Makes a big difference in our lives, and uh, this this takes a lot of work to get it up to the uh, up to the spec we like it to be at. Um, I think Adam, you said it's like almost at this point a one day a week job. Yeah, uh, I would even go a little further than that because <laughs> um, I definitely think about it like every single day.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, people will, having gone to our live shows, realize that I have a. Huge speech impediment and stuttering problem <laughs> that takes hours and hours of editing to remove, and uh, and you have you have sort of a thing like besides all the profanity, uh, <laughs> you have you you have all these mouth sounds that that we have to take out every mm-hmm. episode. My mouth sounds as well. It's just a real mouthy piece of engineering we have to do to this uh, to round it into shape and deliver it in a way that. Uh, that is consumable in any way. Yeah,
0: I really envy some of the podcasts where the people are good enough to just record an hour of them talking to each other, throw a little theme music on the front and back, and that put is it not online. us. No, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we have a lot of crutches, and uh, and uh, while we really enjoy doing it, it makes it a lot easier to justify when uh, we can, you know, at least defray costs, if not make a little bit of money off of it.
1: Yeah, when we're doing this, we can't work that's for sure
0: that is for sure Um, well uh, so that's a great way to support you can buy t-shirts at maxfunstore.com and uh, if you want to sign up for our mailing list uh, to hear about upcoming live shows assuming the ones that we are about to do uh, slash have just finished are assuming we we haven't been
1: arrested and briefly imprisoned
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah I mean I uh, you know uh, I think uh, there's a chance that we will keep doing that so uh, keep your eye on a mailing list uh, go to gach.biz slash mail and uh, sign up for that and we should thank Dark Materia for our theme music and Adam Ragusia for uh, our other music the uh, Priority One music and the Worf Door music that you sometimes hear uh, made that out of the kindness of his heart because he likes our podcast Adam Ragusia is a great guy um And uh, what else do we got to say? Oh, social media.
1: Yeah, you can talk to us on the Twitters using the hashtag GreatestGen. I am there, of course, as at Cup for Time. Benjamin is there as at Benjamin R, A-H-R. Yeah,
0: we're on Facebook. There's a Facebook page and a Facebook group and a Reddit sub, uh, greatestgen.reddit.com, or the MaxFun sub is maximumfun.reddit.com. Both great places to talk about the show. And with that, we will be back at you next time with another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation in a critically wounded episode of The Greatest Generation.
1: That feels about right.